Coming up, do our own thoughts limit how far we can go as marketers? What is the impact of that on our businesses or on our work? And how does allowing some of our thoughts to wash over us help us achieve greater success? All this with my interview with the wonderful Maria Eilifwood. This is Marketed Not Live, the show that dives deeper into the ideas, philosophies and strategies of the best marketing minds. Here's your host, Biz Paul. Welcome back to Marketed Not Live, the official podcast of the Marketed family of events. Of course, that includes our live event to take place in September 2021 and Marketed Light, our online marketing education platform that you should all have access to, by the way, if you haven't already. I'm your host, Biz Paul. Together, we are going to navigate the ever-changing world of marketing by talking to some fantastic people really talking to people who know a lot more about these things than than I do, and to bring different perspectives to your ears and your mind as you listen to this. And I hope you enjoy listening to this show because we love doing it. Now, how are you listening to this? Through Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify? There's loads of places now. Well, perhaps you are even listening on the Marketed Live website. Because if you're on the website, you'll be using the Captivate player, a lovely little player that embeds super easily on any website and contains clickable links, calls to action, and even sort of jump starts you into the key pieces of information. Go and try it now. Go on, click on the links link if you're listening on the website and you'll see. Or you can share it with your friends. Really good functionality. As, frankly, is the whole damn platform. Go and have a look at Captivate.fm and sign up there from as little as £17 per month. Now, as marketers, we are under a certain amount of pressure. Pressure from the businesses that we work with. Maybe our employer. Maybe our expectation of what we can achieve or should achieve. There's lots going on. And it has to be said that in the current time, that is probably more intense than it's been for some people, well, probably forever. One of the things that often I come across when I talk to people is a sense of uh imposter syndrome perhaps or maybe thinking that uh, what they're trying to achieve isn't achievable that sort of doubt in your mind as to whether or not you're any good maybe you compare yourself to other accounts that you've seen or other pieces of content and feel i don't know jealous or just not good enough and these are limiting beliefs that can really cause our creativity to seize up. And despite it not being good for you anyway, it's definitely not good for the work that that you do. So it was great to ask Maria Eilif Wood to come and talk to us really about some of these ideas and how one might reframe the thoughts that we have into something more positive or, or to understand at least how to engage or not engage with these negative thoughts. I think there's something in this interview for 
every marketer, whether you're on your own or whether you work within a team. But I certainly don't want our community to be just full of education about tactics or strategy. This is part of it too. So I'm really excited to to listen again to, to this interview and I hope that you get something from it yourself. Maria Eilif Wood is a leadership coach and managing director of Meridian Eilif Limited, a leadership and coaching development consultancy. Now, in addition, in 2020, she founded IW Press Limited to help people write and publish their book. She says that she's a social media marketing Luddite before she met me, but I can't take the credit for that because she has found her own way to use social media in a way that's comfortable to her and successful for the business. And that is exactly what you need to do, my friend. So <laughs> without further ado, Maria, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Paul. Thank you for that. Oh, that, thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, allowing me to teach you. I oh, know it was a it was one of the best experiences. Like we we had a year together, didn't we? we? Did. Not I mean not literally <laughs> the, the year, but <laughs> but it was so good. I can't tell you how good it was, and it was made such a difference. And I wasn't sure that I was your perfect client <laughs> or perfectly behaved oh, client. But <laughs> oh, you were, yes, you were very much a perfectly behaved client. Of course, you were. You were, you were a joy uh, to to work with, and you remain a joy to talk to. I'm so pleased that you're here today. I think we've got um, lots that we can offer to whoever's listening today. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of the first things that I think about when I think about having a conversation with you is actually the way that you conduct those conversations. Um, what, mm -hmm. do I, what do I mean by that? I think you're a very open person and a welcoming person. And I, felt, I always felt very safe having conversations with you. Ah, oh, thank you. Me too. Likewise. Good, good, good. Um, now, I'm just just thinking about um what you do then in terms of being a leadership and um coaching development person. Mm -hmm. Um, what how how would you describe that? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of coaches about, aren't there? And it's quite interesting to there get are, your yeah. take on on what that means to you. Um. So the way that I look at it is quite different to the way a lot of coaches work. But what I'm always doing is pointing people back to their own innate inner wisdom. Like everybody has this this um, source of wisdom within them that guides them, lets them know what they need to be doing here, um, you know, in the work, in the life, everything. And the more people remember that they have this inner guide within them, the more they're likely to trust it and the easier life gets. What's happened for most of us is like there's a whole load of stuff that goes on in our heads that gets in the way. We've been, we've had years and years of conditioning that prevents us from having um, um, and as easy a life as is, as is actually possible. Um, I don't know if this is making sense, yeah. but... What I, what I do is I help people to be able to ride, I was going to say the roller coaster of emotions, which actually links to the book that I published um, during the pandemic, which I didn't mean to, it wasn't meant as a plug, but it's it's just how it came out, that we all have this roller coaster of emotions that we go through, me too. But um, what I want to do is help people to be able to realise that this roller coaster of emotions is not a bad thing. and And when they really 
get a feeling for who they really are underneath all of their emotions, it makes life a lot easier. It doesn't make life um, an easy ride still. It doesn't make all, you know, lots of problems go away immediately. But what it does do, it sorts out a lot of the stuff that's going on in our heads unnecessarily. And the more that you can get rid of that stuff going on in your head, the easier life gets, definitely. So we can't we can't avoid it, can we? We can't we can't avoid life. So No, you can't avoid life. And all of our emotions are designed for a purpose. Like they're all part of the human design. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic like you, you think about the human design, how the brain works, how the body works, how the system works. It's absolutely miraculous. And the emotions that we experience are all part of that design. And all of them serve a purpose. But what happens is we 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 use a lot of the things that our brain is designed for, we use against ourselves. And what I want to do is help people to stop using that fantastic tool that we've got that is our mind is our brain against ourselves and and use it in a more in a way that is more productive for us and more helpful to us ah i see so this is where these sort of self-limiting beliefs come in which i think i'm going to speak on behalf of the whole marketing community here for for a moment (laughs) and just kind of like go out on a limb and say that actually quite a lot of people in our space feel like this this thing imposter syndrome you know they feel like they're 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 talking or speaking however they're speaking talking about these these areas of knowledge which they do have but they feel like Mm -hmm. a fraud yeah and when you listen to them or when you hear them speak, they are speaking yeah. in sense. You believe them. You think, wow, they're amazing. Yeah. Some of them are on stage, some of them are on, on video. And yet when I've spoken to quite a lot of speakers, because obviously with Marketed Live, I do quite a lot of that. The amount mm. of speakers that are really good and are on stage still don't think that they're very good. Yeah, It's like, it surprises me really that people of such high quality really impose these limitations on themselves how, how can somebody who feels a bit of an imposter how can they work on themselves to kind of either remove that sense or at least ride that roller coaster i think i mean me too like every single one of us has that kind of thinking going on like it's almost like we've we've we have all been conditioned into believing that we're not good enough um you know I spent my whole life as a leader just waiting to be caught out you know my my appraisal ratings were always a mega surprise to me because mm-hmm. I was just expecting you know here's me I go into my appraisals thinking this is the this is the quarter I'm going to get sacked and then you get a highly effective appraisal and it's like how does that happen like we all have this kind of conditioned responses to mm. it and and for me, what's happened is the more that I've, I don't want to sound really kind of woo-woo about this, but the more that I understand that who I really am underneath all of that thinking is always okay. It's not that I'm sitting here thinking, oh yeah, I'm really great at what I do. Um, you know, I'm fantastic. Um, you know, all of that kind of, I don't, it's not bullying myself up or anything. It's just knowing that there's a, confidence that comes from knowing who we really are underneath all of this stuff so that when this stuff comes into our heads it's not such a big deal you know I speak 
pretty regularly at conferences. You know, when as we um, got chatting mm-hmm. today, you know, and my face is so red and so hot, and that's that's to do with you know being a little bit nervous about doing this kind of thing. But knowing that, like, that doesn't mean that I'm going to do a you know I'm not going to do a really bad job of what I'm doing. It's just that I've got that thinking going on to start off with, and then when I start talking, that kind of thinking that kind of nervousness disappears and I bet a lot of the people who you speak to who are speakers they have the similar kind of thing they're they're probably really nervous at the beginning Mm -hmm. and they're worrying about it and all that kind of thing but as soon as they get up and start talking all of that goes yeah and then and then at the end of it when they've stopped then the thinking comes back into the head scan I mean where does it go that's you know that's so interesting because I, I must admit and and you know listener you may be surprised at this but but when i do my session at marketed live i and actually when i speak when whenever i speak really do you know what i do i don't go red i forget everything <laughs> I, do, I just pull a complete blank and yeah. i think I've, I've totally forgotten everything that i've planned and rehearsed and and i don't know what to do Right. And, and then what happens? And then what happens is I always think I'm a bit uh, stuttery to begin with and I have yeah. to get into my flow. And then, I mean, I don't want to say I, I wing it, but no. I think something kicks in that, because I do know it, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be, yeah. be saying it, but something kicks in where it just goes bleh. And then at the end, yes. I couldn't tell you what I actually said. Yeah. Now I love what you're describing there, Paul. What you're talking about is being present in the moment and allowing what you know to come forward without you having to intellectually work it all out, intellectually remember it. That's you falling into who you really are that has that confidence and that ability to just speak because you know your subject, mm. don't you? Like, you know, mm. I know you know it because like, <laughs> you're, like you're the mega go-to person for me. It's anything marketing, it's it's Paul. But you, you have this thinking, you know that it's what happens. You don't make a big deal of it in your head, do you? You, you kind of like all of a sudden you don't know what you're going to say and what you're going to do, but somehow that thinking disappears when it's time to go, like, you know, mm. press start mm. or whatever, you know, pulls up. And then and then you're coming from your it's it's almost like you're coming from your heart instead of from your head. Yeah. How how did do you know how that happens then? Is there is there any kind of reason why why that happens? Because I'm I'm also thinking about imagine you're running a meeting and you know yeah. you're you're presenting your sales pitch about your marketing strategy or you're having to justify everything to this big board of directors yeah, yeah. and you know you get imposter syndrome then perhaps thinking oh god you know yeah. the, i'm going to get thrown out of the meeting it's not it's not good enough and then you do your thing and then it's it's fine so that's kind of similar isn't it is there any reason it is absolutely is there a reason why then that you go from that kind of oh my god i can't do it to it just coming out what's what's the what's the process is there a process of the mind the the way that i look at it is um we have all of this thinking we have thoughts coming in and out of our head constantly like it's a constant stream you know it's like the 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 motorway traffic at its busiest on the m25 like thought after thought after thought after thought after thought like they're just constantly coming into our minds and some of them seem to we seem to hold on to them you know those 
those ideas of imposter syndrome yeah. of not being good enough of thinking for some reason we kind of pay a lot of attention to those and the thoughts that say oh i'm really good at this we just ignore like they just they just pass by they overtake in the fast lane and the they're gone and we're stuck in the slow lane with the imposter syndrome thinking but all of thought passes and this is the thing that really makes a huge difference to people it's like when you know that oh yeah god i'm caught in this really negative thought at the minute but it's it'll go in a minute because that's what thought does then along comes another thought and along comes another thought and for me it's like if i get caught up in negative thinking which i do it's like nobody's immune to it but when I get caught up in negative thinking, like I, my first thought is, okay, yeah, I know what's going on here. I'm caught up in that thinking and it's making me feel this way. And then I look to my heart. Like this is where I go to for my heart. I think, okay, let's wait for something new to come. And something new comes up. And what it does for me, it's like when I'm caught up in low or negative thinking, it gives me the, it's like a breathing space to be able to wait and then see for, wait for something else to come past, come through, without me having to make it happen. Because we actually can't make our thinking, we can't make it change. Like we have no control whatsoever over the thoughts that come into our head. Like the only, only control that it looks like we have, and I think this is open for debate as well, I'm not 100% sure on this one, is what we do with the thinking once it comes into our head. Okay, so it's like, okay, so it's like what it's arrived. What are you going yeah. to do with it? Are you going to sort of absorb this and and, and go down that road? Or yeah, are, are you going to believe? Are you going to believe it? Is yeah, because most of the time, a lot a lot of that thinking is is just not true anyway. Right. But we kind of believe it to be true because it's in our head, in it, and it creates a certain feeling. We think it's real. And a lot of the stuff, this is one of the things that really made a huge difference to me. It's like, I don't have to believe the vast majority of stuff that goes on in my head, particularly when it's full of judgment, criticism, not good enough, you know, how, how crap I am compared to everybody else. Everybody else is better than me, you know, who's going to like me? Who's going to want to hear what I've got to say? Like, none of that thinking is true. Mm. So, so do you have to be, do you have to be mindful of that then? Is that, is that the strategy? if you if you can understand or recognize that these thoughts are going to come into your head and there's nothing you can do about them but that maybe mm -hmm. what you can be more control of is how you react to that is it about tuning into to that element and to consciously think okay i, I can do something with this i'm going to listen to my heart or whatever and then change that to my advantage is there a way to to do that for me, the thing that really makes a difference is understanding and knowing that thoughts pass, that they come and go, mm -hmm. and I don't have to do anything with them for that to happen. And actually, the more I try and make them change, the less it's likely to yeah. happen. Mm. And so if if I, instead of, instead of trying to make something happen differently in my mind, which is actually pretty hard to do, is like just wait for a, a minute. It's kind of like it just gives me, I notice that I'm feeling a certain way, which is telling me that my thinking is in a certain place. And then it it gives me space. It gives me an extra few seconds to then go, all right, okay, I'm just going to wait and see what else is going to come along next. Right. And, so and it's not even doing it. It's more noticing the feeling that you've got. Mm-hmm. 
because the, the the feeling that you're in because like if you if you've got this imposter syndrome it comes with a kind of a feeling doesn't it it's like a feeling in your body yeah. your breathing your your heart rate all that kind of thing is um is different like so all of those signals are just letting you know that you've got this thinking going on in your mind that you're paying attention to and so the less that we pay attention to all of that and this so this like knowing this is really what helped me with be, with doing the marketing yeah like so for example like I had a lot of thinking going on about marketing when I first came to you it's like this was not something that I wanted to do it's like I did not like the idea of selling myself I didn't like the idea of social media you know I didn't want this extra thing that I had to be doing on my to-do list and you know all of that kind of thing I had loads of thinking about it and is anybody going to want to listen to a word I say anyway you know and then what happened for me with this is like part of it is to do with the expectations that we have of ourselves. Like so many people, part of the thing about imposter syndrome is that we have this high expectation of us doing what we're doing in a way that is perfect. Mm. And then what happens, like, this is this is so, so common. It's like, I would say, I don't know, 90% of the population. When you don't meet that expectation, then we beat ourselves up for yeah. it. That's when the voice is going, oh, you're totally crap. You know, when you stuttered in that first sentence, you know, ignore the fact that for 30 minutes you've stood and talked, you know, perfectly without a single mistake. But that first stutter in that first minute is the thing that you focus all your attention on, how bad that was like not paying attention to all of that thinking then enables me to um, do things without worrying so much. So you're going to hate me for this, I'm sure. But one of the things that, that, that really freed me up with my marketing is having no expectation whatsoever of the outcome of anything that I put out there. Right. So I don't I don't worry about whether I get shares. I don't worry about whether anybody likes it. I don't worry about, you know, I don't kind of track. Sorry, Paul. I don't track <laughs> all of my, you know, all okay. of my posts and how many how many responses they get and whatever. What I do know is that all of that stuff that I've been doing um, on social media that at one point I used to hate and thought of as marketing myself. And now I actually quite like doing it all somewhere in all of that something has been making a difference because the level of customers has has increased i don't even track that i don't track my numbers of customers or all that kind of thing mm. so what it does is it frees me up to do whatever feels right for me i think that's really fascinating because as marketers one of the things that i mean we actually did some research on on this on on our audience to, to ask them mm -hmm. what are your biggest challenges and by far the biggest challenge that marketers talk about is proving their worth, uh, generating mm. return on investment, demonstrating that, oh, yeah. that they are valuable to their to their employee. And I think what's interesting about what, what you've just said is actually maybe maybe we need to let go of some of that. I mean, I'll be honest, it'd be very helpful if, if Klein did let go of that. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I'm a very, very small business, so I can do it. I'm allowed. But, but even I would talk to a lot of my clients about to what extent should you put emphasis on, on numbers? Mm. You know, I might say, well, look, you know, look at it. In, in, from a long-term perspective, perhaps, or, you know, these numbers will, will tell you this, but it doesn't really tell you that or, or, or whatever. And I think what's interesting is that what you're sort of saying is that perhaps 
letting go of the uh, pressure or the yeah. restrictions that that having that um, there in the back of your mind mm. could possibly allow you to be more creative. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and um, yeah. and uh, to, you know, to 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 write to write better, to smarter, to have the new ideas, and and actually, that is what sure. we want. Yeah. Well, what happens instead? So when I put stuff out on on social media, it's it's two things. It's because I want to, and it's because I feel like it's in service to the people who are potentially looking at me or it's just sharing some of the stuff that's going on because I've realized that actually people are interested in what you're doing behind the scenes and things like that which I never would have agreed to (laughs) you know probably two years ago but you know why would they be interested in what I'm doing but they are so so what's happening is I'm putting stuff out because I want to and I'm not putting stuff out there with the expectation of getting something back it's almost like what happens is you put stuff out there with the expectation of getting stuff back. It's almost like whatever it is that you put out there is embedded with all of that feeling. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, so when I put stuff out there that it's it's easy. There's no, I'm not expecting anything back. And then when I do get something back, it's really it's just a bonus. Actually, it's really yeah. nice. Um, but I think you transmit the feeling that you. Anything that you put out on social media, you kind of transmit a feeling with it as well. I agree. I agree. And you know what? The, when I um, sometimes when I when I do sort of talks or webinars and things things like that, people will say, "Oh, what's what's your what's your LinkedIn strategy? I like I like uh, not LinkedIn. What's your Instagram strategy? I really like your your Instagram stories." And I have to drop the bombshell that they're completely random, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think I think there's something about that that letting go because on on LinkedIn mm. I'm a bit more considered and I think about yeah. you know, who the audience is and some of my professional contracts that that I have and who I do work for yeah on Instagram I sort of let go a bit and people see a bit more about me and uh they get a, a more of an idea of, of who I am as a as a person and I think I enjoy it more and probably get a bit more back from it yeah um in 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 that sense so I think I think there is something about about letting go can I? Yeah, I'm completely, I'm completely with you on that because I won't put the same things on LinkedIn that I'll put on Facebook that I'll put on Instagram. Yeah, but, but I'm, I mean, maybe, maybe we should. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're putting a limiting <laughs> belief on on LinkedIn by thinking that we should be more professional. If that's if that's not us, if that's not our true self, yeah. maybe there's something there. Yeah. And I was going, I was going to ask you. Actually, I think- sorry, go on. Sorry, I think that the stuff that I put on LinkedIn does come from that kind of place, but it's it's thinking about, I suppose for me now, the LinkedIn, the audience, I'm thinking about the different audience and what the different audience might want from me. Yeah, that is that is always, yeah. I do think that's, yeah, that is worth considering. I think I'm going to have to reevaluate my, 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 my LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, something that I've been talking about recently, and I, I think this has sort of come from the whole pandemic, um, along mm-hmm. as with other influences uh, uh, as well. But where do you sit on things like uh, showing a more vulnerable side to you as a person in marketing? The, the thing about vulnerability is that when um, people show 
their vulnerabilities. It gives other people permission to show their vulnerabilities. Like every single person has them. Every single person has human frailty. Every single person has issues. They might be different. There might be slightly different variations of the same thing, but we've all got them. And what we're doing in social media is that we're putting out this pretend version of ourselves when behind the scenes, that's not what's really going on. And the more that we are able to connect with each other, on a more personal level, the the better relationships are. Now, when I when the pandemic first started, it what made sense to me um, in one way. In another way, my mind was going mad because my income had dropped off a cliff, and my head was going, "You should be doing more marketing, Maria." And what was I doing? I was writing daily posts about <laughs> my experience of the pandemic. And that was warts and all, like every single day, whatever I was experiencing was coming out in those in those writing. And they actually did end up becoming the book, which was a complete surprise as well. But <laughs> what surprised me about that more than anything was how many people were coming back saying, oh, God, yeah, me too. Like we're right, all yeah. experiencing these things. And so what, what I think vulnerability is a hugely undervalued strength. <laughs> And the more that we the more that we share of ourselves, the more we give permission for other people to share of themselves, the better relationships are. The thing that causes biggest problems in the world, I'm going big, big world here, is not understanding, not having compassion for each other. And the more that we can see each other and see who they really are, see the, you know, like behind the scenes, like, you know, with all, a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world, if we knew what was going on in people's lives, we probably have a lot more compassion for what, what they're going through and what, what we're putting out into the world. Mm-hmm. So vulnerability for me is a, yeah, it, it's a, it's, I think we need more of it. I, I mean, I, I had to say, I, I do agree. It's, and, and it's interesting that you pulled out that example, because I think when, you know, without, without getting into politics about lockdowns and all the rest of it, but I do wonder whether if people could see more about how other people's experiences are, it yeah. would impact on on people's behaviour. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's easy if you live in a house with a garden yeah, to think well, everything's fine. But if you live in a flat and it's one bedroom and there's, you know, you and two kids or something, and you can't you can't do anything, then it's then it's different. And and just thinking about pulling that into sort of full circle into what we're talking about at the beginning, maybe imposter syndrome and things like like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've sort of observed is typically, I mean, not all the time, but typically, I think people are positive. And people want the speaker, for example, mm-hmm. to to do a great job. Yeah, no one really wants the speaker to mess it up. So no. people are uh, forgiving. In fact, in um, a few years ago at Marketed Live, we had uh, Hannah McCreesh who came on stage and she said, "Look, this is the first time I've ever spoken on stage," mm. and she got such a great reception. Yeah, and I think that little one-liner of sort of vulnerability and opening up just allows people to go well great good for you you know yeah yeah i know this i don't do it as a um kind of a you know a, a set piece thing but i know quite often if i stand up in front of a group especially if it's a big group i might say oh my god my heart's pounding at the moment mm. <laughs> you know it's just just 
you know, I don't know. It'll, but it'll be off the cuff. It won't be yeah. like I won't go on and say like every single time I'm I'm going to say that. But I do think it makes a difference. I think people do go, oh, you know, like it. It kind of helps people to see you yeah. rather than they the the thing that is being portrayed. Yeah. Yeah. No, super interesting. I think, I think just, uh, it just struck me that the two things could, 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 could link together. You know, if you've got this limiting belief about, you know, you should be this person and you've got to be perfect and you've, you've, you've got to do an amazing job and everyone's going to notice that, yes, those are thoughts that, that, that come in. Um, and you know, if you, if you allow that, that wave to wash over you and, and as you say, give people that, that space that maybe your true self, the more vulnerable version of you can sort of flourish. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, you mentioned a book. I'm quite happy for you to mention a book, Maria. All right. Okay. (laughs) Tell us, um, tell us a little bit about where maybe if someone was more interested in this kind of thing about, um, making some more positive changes to the way that they perceive themselves or, or do these things. Can you recommend either somewhere to go and read or your, your own uh, work or uh, somewhere where they can get hold of you perhaps? Yeah. Okay. So my coaching website is uh, from quiet.co.uk and there's articles and things on there um, that, that talk about some of this kind of thing. Um, what else the if the place that i would point people to is a is a website called 3pgc.org i think it might be but if you put 3pgc in there's lots of different things on there that kind of link in with this kind of um, philosophy about life and it, it i suppose it's a philosophy rather than a it's not like a, it's not a neuroscience hmm. um kind of learning what what this is all pointing people back to is their own wisdom. This is when I'm when I'm talking to people, I'm always saying to people, look to see what's true for you, as opposed to believing anything that I say. Um, and on the 3PGC, um, they've got a website and they've got a YouTube channel. I've done a couple of videos on there, but there's lots of different people who talk about very similar things here. Um, in terms of books, The Daily Yarns is a book that is um it's whimsical it's reflective it's not telling anybody anything but in each of the pieces there is an underlying message and people can read that and they can read it as just an enjoyable book um or they can read it and maybe have some insights about how they um relate to their own thinking it's like the relationship with our own thinking and i think that's what comes out in the book the daily yarns mm. is be- it's my relationship with my thinking and how even when i'm experiencing a lot of anger or a lot of fear or you know all of that kind of thing that i did experience uh, going through the pandemic especially in the early days like just because i'm experiencing all of those i'm still I still know that underneath all of that, I'm still okay. And if that's the one message that people would get underneath all of our thinking, we're always okay, then that that in itself will make people have a different experience of life. 
A great place to end it. Thank you so much, Maria. I love these sort of conversations that we have on this podcast that are not necessarily about, you know, Instagram or three steps to do this. It's it's a, a, a different thing to think about, but something that is also really important. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Maria. I'm really not normally <laughs> that much of a woo-woo person. Um, I think this time has definitely been the most woo I've ever been. And by the way, I don't think this was a particularly overly woo. Uh, but there's just something, isn't there, about this this whole pandemic time that means we need to go a little bit deeper. We certainly need to dig deeper into some of how our being really contributes to our marketing. So I'd love to know your thoughts on this. What are you doing that's any different? How are you looking after your own well-being, your own mental state? How is this time affecting the, the thoughts and the creativity that you actually have? I would love to know. Why don't you tweet us at Marketed Live or email us hey at marketed.live. I'd love to get your input into that. Don't forget to check out details of all our events and activities online at marketed.live. And if you fancy it, please go and tell your friends, your family, maybe even grandma about what we're up to. Hope to see you on the next episode. Until then, thanks for listening. Our producer is Charlie Thacker. This is a Light Mind Media production for Marketed Live. You've been listening to the Marketed Not Live podcast. Want to go even deeper? Then book your ticket to one of our events where you'll learn more about specific ideas, strategies and practical ways to improve the results you get from your marketing activity. Visit marketed.live for what's on and how to book.